from Rochester, the home of Eastman Kodak, the Eastman Theater, and the Eastman School of Music, because we're going west, this is FC3's Monkey Business, and I am your host, as always, your friend, your cohort, your colleague, my name is Chris. With me, as always, my favorite people on the planet, my effervescent co-host, Tanya. Hello, Tanya. Hello. I thought Billy was your effervescent co-host. I am flexible, and you guys are as well. I know this for a fact, even though we're all old and decrepit. And Billy Billy is on board with us as well. Hey, Bill. Hi, Chris. You're much more effervescent than uh, me. Both of you are. I'm faking it right now. I took a lot of sugar in before I, I sat down at my desk this evening. <laughs> so. Now, people have to know that we're not on your left or your right. We don't no. know if we're north or south. Well, Billy is north of you, and I am south of you, and Dan is southwest of you. I'm actually only a few blocks from Chris. Oh, yeah, but you're still north of him. Okay. If we're, you try- say so. we're trying out some new technology because in this uh, in this uh, era of the quarantine, uh, we are respecting our social distance. We're just pushing it out a little bit further than six feet. Yeah. Sixty feet, six hundred feet, six feet, and there is Mr. President, feet. our our producer, our director, our man about town and master of folk dance and technical master, Daniel Carmen. How are you, Daniel? I'm good, Christopher. How are you? Oh, I'm having more fun than I know what to do with. Um, so we're what are we? Do? We're we're on what's Zencaster is what it's called. Zencaster. Zencaster, and so we're trying things out. So I'm home, Billy's home, Tanya's home, uh, Dan is home, and uh, and and so this is kind of cool. We're getting a chance to actually record uh, together without having to be in the same room, which is something we've done for, what, four years now at this point? So this is a first. This is strange. It is so strange. Sure, we picked tonight to do the all-naked show. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Tell me about it. My God. We finally get around to doing it, and we're not even in the same room, and there's no cameras or anything. It's just... That's a good thing cameras? on my end. There's not supposed to be cameras? Oops. Oh, whoops. Oops. Oh, hey, what's that light, what's that light on my webcam? Um <clears throat> So how are we how are we doing in th- <laughs> What was I, that? I don't know. Uh, it was either Billy laughing. or Susan. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's that's another great thing because Billy is home, so Susan's in the background and she's probably gonna be laughing her ass off at us over the course of the, the well, next she time. can't hear you she guys. Hear oh, okay. She doesn't think I'm funny, so Oh come on. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, seriously. Hmm. So how are we doing as uh, as the apocalypse comes in, comes uh, into our lives again? This is so surreal. It, it is. is. So, it is so strange that that this this is happening, and mm-hmm. I, I I just feel so odd not going to work on a daily basis as right. a teacher, and I I have no words for it. <laughs> I, you know, and here's the thing: is is I'm apparently essential personnel for the city of Rochester. So I'm Lucky still working. I'm, <laughs> I'm still working, right? But they've they've canceled all interior in- building inspections unless it's an emergency. And so my and, and they've closed city hall. They've closed the field offices. They've closed the service centers. They've closed the precincts. Everything. So my day starts at eight in the morning and goes till five in the afternoon, right? Five in the evening, and I'm in my car the entire day. I'm just driving up and down. Sometimes I'll get out. I'll take a picture of things. I'll walk around a vacant house or something like that. But if it's not an exterior inspection or if it's not a vacant house, I'm basically sitting in my car, working on my computer, trying to call people and trying to organize my cases and whatnot. But I'm just sitting in my car all 
day long. And it's like, oh my God, like I spent two hours yesterday afternoon sitting at a parking lot, reading my code book, just trying to brush up on the things I need to do my job. And uh, it's it just, I'm, I'm just sitting around going, wow, being essential can be a little boring sometimes. <laughs> I bet. It's not really as exciting as say a police officer or an ambulance driver or something like that. It's just but wild. But much safer for you. Safer, true. Yeah, I've had a lot of people kind of like, you know, they see me walking around and they, they, instead of like trying to poke their nose into my business, they're like, oh, no, you go ahead. You, we're going to steer clear. We're going to be over here. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a picture of your house. I'm writing you a ticket. Yeah, go ahead. You know, it's, we're we're going to stay in here. <laughs> and Tanya, you're off from school, right? Tanya? Did we Tanya. lose her? Hello. Tanya? Tanya? She's talking oh, she's to talking, she's talking, uh, she's probably one of her kids. Uh, yes, okay, Riker, well, Riker, sorry, Riker needed his uh, Minecraft username and password. And oh, of course he did. With my So in other words, if you boost the volume, if you're uh -huh. listening to this, she can get Riker's uh, password and username. No, I'm writing it down on a oh, okay. post-it oh. note. Nice try. Oh. Anyway, I, I've lost two jobs in three months. How's that? That's impressive. I haven't done that in a while. And I haven't even done anything wrong. <laughs> well, they closed Record Archive because of the quarantine, right? Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. once uh, things reopen, I'm, I'm back. But, yeah. You know, I'm, just... I'm like the rest of the I've been practicing for this my whole life. I'm great at laying around doing nothing. I know. My God, this is like the introvert's dream. <laughs> There's my, my son goes, my time has come. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> Exactly. I posted this morning on Facebook. It's about bizarre world. Susan's on the computer doing show prep, and I'm laying around watching cat videos on on Facebook. <laughs> oh man! And then we we made the big announcement today that uh, we we had we held out hopes, but we just read the um, we read the signs and we were like, just we're just pushing, we're pushing our luck. So we we postponed. Flower City Comic Con to from our May 30th and 31st dates to where where is it September 19th 20th September 19th and 20th yeah September, it's okay it's kind of hard to do that it's kind of sad but I I did yeah. not enjoy that but it was the right idea and, yeah. and and the amount of positive feedback we've gotten just in the past couple of hours since we made the announcement um, has definitely validated that we just and just ultimately we just did not know what was going to happen right so it's just. And you the set the trend. Lilac Festival announced after us. Did they really? Did yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Lilac Festival's postponed indefinitely. They're hoping to have a, a date in the future, but they don't know yet. And, and it's funny because they were one of my early barometers there of whether or not we should cancel. So I was right. kind of waiting to hear what they would do. Yeah, was I'm wondering if they were done. waiting for us. <laughs> it was a couple well, hours after you posted, Dan. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I missed that one. Yeah. I'll have to look. Yeah. So... That's crazy. that's amazing. That's crazy. Okay, so that's serious. When Lilac Festival says, "Okay, we've had enough," that's yeah. amazing. Everybody's doing the smart thing. Yeah, it, it you know it's not necessarily the best you know or the a, a great feeling thing, but it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and uh, so we'll see, and then we'll bring everything around. Now, I, I we've confirmed a couple of our guests already, but I know that one of them is not going to be able to join us. Then is that something we we have set in stone. No, let's let's figure everything out. For Everything's still up in the air. Okay, yeah, Everything's still up in the air on that. Yeah. yeah so right. In other words, we're still working on Harrison Ford. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Good. And Mark and Mark Hamill. 
and Mark. Yeah, we can we can work all you want, but I don't know. How <laughs> we can keep on working, but well, that's why I didn't say anything otherwise. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. No, we're getting no, no, no. They misunderstood. It's Harry's son Ford. <laughs> so it's this little fella named. Yeah, never mind. That was that was bad. That was bad. It was but never, but, laugh. Billy laughed. That's hey, Billy's hey. been laughing at my jokes lately, and I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I missed not, about not, about not seeing you guys in person is I can't catch Tanya's look of just disdain. the eye roll. I can see it though. That's the thing. I can see it in my mind's eye. I've seen it enough over the years that I know exactly how she how, what, her, what she looks like when her eyes are rolling. So I'm flipping least... you off in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, sing me another song, your people, woman. But, but at least we have a good alternate to be able to do it at all right now. That's so true. That's this this has been yeah. a great find, and uh, and I'm very excited. And we can um, this is going to facilitate us being able to do some interviews in the future because we can send the link out to other people now, right? Definitely, yes, yeah. Oh, that'll be nice to be able to get some some interviews going again because I always had a lot of fun doing that. And we'll have the high quality sound. It'll sound like we're all in the same room because it's just it's going to record on their computer and right. It's all going to you know it all mixed together, so it'll be nice. This is cool. So, this is yeah. I like this. This is neat, and and like Billy said, we're finally being able to do our naked show, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's kind of yeah. cool. So no time. Yeah, I know. I tell him we've been we've been threatening for years. Oh boy, uh, that, that would have been the look I was waiting for. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Chavez, you're naked, but we're not. <laughs> oh God, there's an old line. Does it say, "Aren't we all naked under our clothes"? Yes, that's it. That's a, okay. that's a thing. Um, that was from one of our the do tapes, which we mentioned on a, on a previous episode. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, all right. How about we take a quick break, and and when we come back, we will actually have a, like a legit topic to talk about because I'm sure there's something going on that we can probably have a little discussion about. Like, ooh, ooh, there was some casting news in in for With season me? two. Whereas we can talk about you. Um, we're good at that. Not uh-huh. that you'll like it, uh, but there's some casting news. Uh, for Mandalorian, we can talk about. Oh yeah, I saw that today. Oh yeah, yeah. that's cool. I like and that. and oh, I, I finished too. Mandalorian. Oh, finally. Yes. And and uh, and we can talk about. Uh, has anybody seen Star Trek Picard? I saw. I the did first not see two it episodes. Yesterday. Okay. I'm not. Okay. I'm one week behind. Yeah, I haven't seen last night's episode yet either. At oh, the moment. So oh, you I'm, guys are way ahead of me. I'm only on week two. Okay, but we can talk a little bit about first impressions of the sure. like the first episode and whatnot. So we'll talk about Mandalorian. We'll talk about Star Trek Picard. We'll talk about a little bit about convention stuff, and and then we'll uh, and you and I think Tanya, you found a question of the week. Yes, no, maybe. No. No. Yeah, okay. I, well, you sent one earlier, Tanya. That's I? the one I've been thinking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just a suggestion based on what Dan had said. That works for me. I, I, well, well, I don't even know what the question is yet, so we'll talk about it for question of the week when it comes to it. Yay. All right. So that's cool. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll, we'll talk some more. Cool. Yay. And we're back. We left. 
Um, well, I haven't. I actually am still sitting in, in my uh, home oh, office. Okay. It's kind of cool. But you look fuller, though, Chris. I, yes, <laughs> I'm, I've been. I'm. Oh, sorry, I'm stuffing my face fuller. full of Jamaican beef patties, which which my uh, my daughter's boyfriend very, you know, kindly bought for me. Because oh, I was, you, I did the Wegmans run after work today. And talking about um, like Jamaican beef patties, I like the <clears> Jamaican <throat> me happy um from Seagram's. Oh yeah. Yes, it's like watermelon strawberry combo type thing. Ooh, that sounds neat. But right now I'm drinking a Coke Zero. Okay, because you know that's not a surprise. Mm -mm. <laughs> I've actually got water. Oh, <gasps> wow! What's it hey. like? I'm staying hydrated during this time of uh, of apocalypse. <laughs> a very smart thing to do. Yeah, seriously, seriously. I, you know, like I said, I went to to Wegman's on my way home from work this evening, and um, you know, it's it's like an episode of Chopped. It's like, okay, what the hell can I do with what's left? You know, well, I can make dinner from that. I think I can make dinner from that. And like, what the hell's? Why is this aisle empty? What? What, what is going on here? You know? See, it's funny. Susan has been preparing for this for over a month, for real. Okay. She's been following the news and knew something was coming. So mm -hmm. rather than hoard everything at once, she's been shopping steadily, right, and not crazily for a few weeks now, to where we get a couple couple big packages of toilet paper then next week without looking like we're crazy mm -hmm. and uh right now we have freezers of meat and cans of you know vegetables and all the staples plus lots of snacks yeah when we come out the other side of this i gotta do a lot more in terms of just preparing i'm so used because up until a couple of weeks ago, neither of my kids were, were living with me on a regular basis. They would come for the weekend. They'd come for an evening for dinner, whatever the case may be. So it was just me and the dog. So I prepared for just me and the dog. And then Jules came home and she moved in full time uh, now that she's in college. And uh, and so then I started preparing for me, the dog, and Juliana. And, and then her boyfriend would come over more often than, okay, so now I got four people to start cooking for. Okay. And then just last night, Ian came home for a little while since Arcadia is uh, is down for the count for the foreseeable future. And so he decided to come to stay with me for a little bit. So now I've got, okay, I've got all these people in the house. All right. This is going to be, it's like, now I don't know if I'm prepared or not. <laughs> Welcome to my world with having five people in the house. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's, here's, I, I did preemptive stuff. Once every three or four months, I buy one of those big bulk packs of toilet paper from BJ's, mm -hmm. and that's doing really well. It's hanging in there, so I'm not going to worry about toilet paper right now because that seems to be, like, ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's I had to give Squire a six-pack last night from our house because oh, he couldn't get any, oh, and they were down to two rolls, so... Fortunately, I have a pr doomsday prepper in my house that <laughs> that shops every two weeks and mm -hmm. would get a uh, thirty pack of toilet paper and paper towels and things like that. Um, right. It's just like so toilet paper we're good on. It was the paper towels that we had like two rolls left, but he was able to grab a seven pack or something the other day. You know, when we were getting ready to start recording and we were chatting, and, and Susan got to, to join us for a little bit and made a couple of comments. You know, it's, we were talking about, we've, it's strange, strange and precarious times. We've never seen anything like this, you know, or even read or heard about stuff like this in the past. And, and, and she's correct. This is going to change how the world works. When this, when the dust settles on this event, we are going to be a different race looking at things differently. And I'm, I can almost guarantee, and it's unfortunate, but I can almost guarantee there's going to be a certain level of paranoia that will exist even in the calmest, most Zen-like of folks. 
And yeah. I don't want to be a doomsday prepper, but I just, I, I feel myself when I, like when I was at Wegmans uh, earlier, picking up a few things, I'm looking at the shelves going, well, when that's back, I want to start stocking up on that. I want to start mm-hmm. stocking up on that. And I'll, I don't, I just don't want to be that guy though. That is like survival nut. You know, I want to be able to at least maintain a little bit of optimism left in my life. I, I don't, I don't, it's just, it's just weird though, but you, we got to look that this is, this is going to change how the world works. It definitely is. I mean, I had, um, did some running around today and then I went to BJ's to put gas in my car just mm-hmm. so I would have it. And then I was, um, had been talking with Anne, and she said, well, if you're there, see about just getting a pack or two of butter because when this is all said and done, the butter prices are going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Because right now, she said, um, the trucks are coming in every day to get milk from their farm mm-hmm. because um, they pick up milk in the morning at eight o'clock and the milk is already through the plant, turned out and in um, containers by four o'clock that afternoon to go to the grocery stores. Jeez. What used to be like a little longer is now they're turning it over every day. And she goes, that's the part I don't get. Like all of a sudden people are drinking more milk. It's that's the part she didn't understand yeah no seriously that why are people drinking more milk at this point or needing more milk or cooking with more milk but then she I, said, I can guarantee you that a lot a lot of that is is people are just hoarding it that's what a lot of this stuff is going on right now i, I guarantee you there's, there's like gallons of milk right now that are going unused either that or people are actually cooking at home more which would right. be an that was not the other going thing. out to eat and mm-hmm. going out to to restaurants or picking food up at the takeout, although many are still open. And if one good thing is coming out of this, no, we're worried about paranoia in the future. I'm also seeing a lot of people doing nice things and being Mm -hmm. more willing to help each other. Mm -hmm. I think, no, initially, because I think we're all still in a state of shock that this is happening. Right. So even in like the arts community and the music community and, no, your friends online, people are trying, I think, to be nice, nicer to each other. Um, it's give and take. It really is give and take. And, I mean, I've seen some incidents that have made me scratch my head, and I've seen a lot of incidents that make me smile. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen videos of people at other grocery stores across the country that you're just like, oh, God, please tell me these, these people don't breed or vote. You know? Yeah. And, and then they're on the other flip side of the coin. Um, like out of Italy and Italy is just getting ravaged by this. An entire generation is being wiped out by this thing right now with, with hundreds dying almost every night in, in their, their elders. Um, but they still have these, these, the, the apartment complexes and the estates there where they're making music and they're showing movies on each other, the, the exterior walls and there, everybody's dancing together and, and singing to each other and whatnot. So there's, they're still finding joy amidst all of this strife. And, and so you got to take that to heart and kind of go, okay, you know, even in the middle of the, of, of this, this terrible thing, we can still find ways to, to smile and to encourage others to smile. See, and well, actually it, it's funny. You just took my side of that with the positivity. And I was just reminded of something Pretty negative. Uh, Brother mm-hmm. Louise's wife, Doreen, I, I, no, we're still friends on Facebook. And this morning she posted a thing that she actually recorded and 
I bet winds up on the news down in Florida. You know, her and Weezer down in Florida. Right, right. And she caught a lady at the Dollar Tree literally with cases and cases and cases of toilet paper and paper towels. Oh, Jesus. And she wound on, on her phone recording herself and this lady arguing with each other. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> Doreen is not one to drink a, from a fight. Exactly. How come I can not. see that? Yeah, no, I, I can see that. It, it's pretty interesting, funny, sad, whatever. But I bet it winds up going viral because it's it's pretty creepy, and this lady is not a nice person. So, uh, yeah, things are are odd. Yeah, well, I think it is interesting because things that have been saying on Facebook are. People are saying, oh, put up your Christmas lights, do something to um, light up the world during this time, things like that. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, um, the ones that own Selena's, who we had on um, earlier right. this week, um, that's exactly what they did yesterday. They put their um, two Christmas dragons or Halloween dragons back up on their front porch roof that light mm-hmm. up and they're inflatables. And mm-hmm. then they proceeded to put their Christmas tree lights up or their Christmas lights up around their house and things like that. So, and then they posted on um, both to the Selena's and the Knox page about um, in this dark time, light it up or whatever, things like that. And it says, right. what, what's making you happy right now? And I had posted something, a comment back to them. I'm like, just imagining the look on my niece's faces when they happen to see the large dragon I dropped off to them today. <laughs> we have a 14-foot inflatable dragon that, okay. I dro- that I dropped off to their house today for them to... Um, put up and add to their little Christmas decorations. And I brought a book for my niece, Callan, um, because she's a, a 10 year old that's like diving through 20 gazillion books and she has nothing to read right now. So I, I brought know. her. What a good problem to have though. I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah. it, it's inspired to see that a, a young child basically just devouring books like it's going out of style so i'm introducing her to the deed of paxinarian by elizabeth moon okay it's it's like more than like a thousand pages worth of reading so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how well she gets through that but it's just that the joy that i could do something good for my in-laws that mm-hmm are doing and they did um good things going back to the community they selena's did a whole bu- made up a whole bunch of food on tuesday and ended up donating it mm-hmm. love it that's the way it's got to be that is absolutely the way it's got to be that's how we're going to get through it. we're going to get through it together if we if we keep six feet apart though what's that six, six feet, feet apart. apart six feet apart together but six while. feet apart yeah <sighs> And, and that, we'll be able to be close again. I think yeah. that's what's like the, the most challenging thing for me is because I am such a people person mm-hmm. and I never like, noticed. No, you really, I don't think anyone out in our Facebook land could tell that I was, that <laughs> I was that type of people person. And it's just so challenging to not have that contact. I mean, I yeah. haven't had contact with my students this week other than like I've been emailing families and things like that, but I haven't, I haven't had the face-to-face contact since last Friday and they were, I, I'm sure that they missed me. I am absolutely certain they missed me a hundred percent. I'm not holding my breath at that, but, (laughs) but I actually gotten um, two things back from us from students and things like that. But 
I just, they need all the structure and we are part of their supports and things like that. And I think that's part of what is like so odd and surreal for me is I don't get to see them on a daily basis anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't know when the next time I will be able to see them. That's sure just, there's a couple of them you don't miss, but I'm sorry, go ahead, Billy. No. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, because no. I'm a person that likes routine also, and mm-hmm. I, I really do. And I you know I'm enjoying the reading and listening to podcasts and music and stuff, but I'm a person of routine. And when I'm not sure what, what day is today? Is it Thursday, Friday? Is it right. 10 in That's the morning, the 11 at night? I don't know what's going on. And it, it does get frustrating. So, you know, Tanya, for your students to not have that structure has got to feel a hundred times worse just because, you know, right now my main job is have, you no know, enjoy myself sort of mm-hmm. and, and help Susan, you know, I, I'm doing whatever, you no, know, she needs something. I do that, right. but you know, she's but, probably going to get sick of me pretty quick. And <laughs> But what I am absolutely loving are all the Twitter posts or the feeds in regards to um, homeschooling their kids and um, that teachers need need to make like a million dollars and we're what because they don't parents or whoever's working with the, the kids at home just doesn't realize how much time and effort and work that we do put into this on a daily basis. This mm-hmm. is where people are really finding out who's important and quote unquote essential when no, mm-hmm. assen- uh, just in the radio world right now, a, a guy that retired uh, last year has been called back to work. Uh, Steve Hausman over on WB mm. is back. Okay. On, he, he's back at work and the guy over on the zone mentioned, no, he he's, been told he has to come to work every day because he's essential, but guarantee mm. that when layoffs come, they're the first guys the to first go. Wants to go. Yeah. So most likely. Yeah. <sighs> well, what, what kind of fun stuff can we talk about? Well, what are we doing to keep ourselves sane during this time? Well, I'm still working. <laughs> yeah, but you even said that that while you're working that you can't get into city hall you can't get into the service center yeah. you can't get in to do inside inspections so you've been sitting in your car reading a code book for hours mm-hmm. so uh, yeah you might still be working but that's not really keeping yourself sane luckily quidditch just gets played up in the air so that's pretty safe if, if chris is playing quidditch yeah, true. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I haven't been part of a good Quidditch league. Uh, I hear there's a couple of them in town. Like U of R has a team. Oh, really? And I think RIT has a team. I so, don't know about Chris on a broomstick, though. That'd be kind of scary. <laughs> He's not witchy enough. <laughs> ooh, ooh, witchy woman. See, I know. Sorry, sorry. I'll go. I'm waiting for Billy to jump and start singing. I know. I don't know the rest of the words. That's yeah, the problem. That, um, even hair and ruby lips. Spark fly from, from my fingertips. Finger Come go. on, you need the. Was uh, that is that Eagles? That's Eagles. Yes, yeah. that's the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Hell froze over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have been able to start catching up on um, Marvel's Runaways. How so. is? I, I watched most of the first season so far, and I've gotten 
into it, but not like, oh my god, I'm into it. It's definitely I, I like I watch the next episode just to see where it's going, but it and I'm liking the actors mm-hmm. and I'm liking some of the story. It's got a very comic book feel to it, but I'm like, what? am I into so, it or am I just some curious? Of it, some of it seems to move a little slow. Yeah. In different in different parts. And uh-huh. I'm just like, really? Okay. Yeah, I, but, I had the same reaction when we did the Not a Book Club on yeah. the Runaways a while back. But and I like this one better than Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, I definitely did, even yeah. when we watched the the initial couple episodes, I mm-hmm. liked Runaways better. Uh and my question is you brought it up, I forget before the break, actually on the podcast, or maybe we talked about it in the in our break in between. You guys uh, mentioned Picard, which I watched the first two episodes of uh-huh. uh, uh, yesterday, and I'm enjoying it. Yes. I'm not quite in in yet, and the reviews are tremendous on it. Mm-hmm. Just so, wait. Okay, so here's here's okay. the thing about Picard. This this is what I've noticed, and I haven't watched the most recent episode that came out yesterday yet. Um, the thing I've noticed about Picard is that it it is definitely it's a long movie where you're seeing chunks of it at a time. Mm-hmm. So the story flows very almost effortlessly, in my opinion, from, from point A to point B so far. And there's, there's some setup here. There's some action here. There's a little setup here. There's some background. It gives you everything you need to know mm-hmm. when you need it. Um, even before you, just when you're about to think, hey, maybe I need to know this. Boom, there it is. There, oh, okay, there, that, that's now that's your answer. Um, yeah, it I've is had, good storytelling for sure. It has been some great storytelling. I've seen a lot of, you know, naysayers, and you know, there's a couple of guys out there who regularly on on uh, some of the Star Trek boards I follow the most are like, it's boring. They need to do this. They need to do that. And I'm like, uh, you just go play Star Trek online, and you'll get exactly what you want. No, I don't right? get boring, even in the first couple episodes. No. Uh, here's, uh, here's what I know. There hasn't been a single episode of Picard yet that when it ended, I was satisfied that it was ending. Every time when, when, I, when I'm in the episode so much, then suddenly I'd see the, it would end the credit, crescendo like- and it would end in credit. I'm like, no, no, I want more. Mm-hmm. Give me more now, please, more. And, and so it, I, I have the distinct impression that when, when this season is all wrapped up and done, I'm going to go back and I'm probably going to binge it in one day, you know, just so I can feel it all in one, one swooping thing. And, and I just, I've been so into it. I'm like right on the edge of my freaking sofa, just watching this thing going, Oh my God, that's so cool. Oh, that's cool too. Oh, I like this. I like these characters. So you think this is like a 10 hour movie or 12? It's basically in, in my opinion, it's a 10 hour movie. Okay. You know, and it, it has its rise and its fall and it has its moments and it has its surprises. It's it's definitely Star Trek evolved. You know, and, and let me let me tangent for a moment here because way many several not several, but when Force Awakens was about to come out, uh, I got to be on Evan Dawson's connections and I was on the show with Evan Dawson and he had Jack Garner uh, on and and Mike DiGiorgio, our buddy Mike, mm-hmm. who uh, is one of the producers at Channel 13 News, and so the three of us are sitting there talking about Star Wars, and and Mike crystallized something that I had been working on in my head for years and couldn't quite piece together. Why were people so upset with Star Wars? And Mike nailed it right on the head. It's because Star Wars has always been for kids, and so the the people who watched it when it first came out were upset that it didn't grow up with them. 
Hmm. Right. So it did. It, it stayed. The, the 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 demographic for Star Wars movies has pretty much been consistent all along. It's for you know ten to eighteen, ten to nineteen, and you know yeah, it's got a little fan service for the the upper end folks, especially in the more recent trilogies or the recent movies of the trilogy. Um, but it's always been kind of like for a particular demographic. So the people who saw it in 77 and 81 and 83 and, and now are forties and fifties and going, Hey, why is this still lame? Why does it like this? Why is it so cheesy? You know, it's because Star Wars didn't grow up with us. It stayed right where it wanted to. It stayed right in its zone. Star Trek learned from that. Star Trek has adapted and evolved for the current generation, you know, and, uh, and, and I feel that like Star Trek Discovery, which I've seen so many people slam the ever loving crap out of Discovery, but I have loved that show. I love the characters. I love the writing. I love the stories that they're telling with it. I think it's been a phenomenal series. And now here comes Picard. And it's very similar in terms of that. It's got a little, it's, it's everything we loved about next generation. Uh, but it's got a little bit more of an edge to it, a little bit more of, of a sincerity and a little bit more of consequence to action. You know, it's, it, there were story arcs in Star Trek next generation in several places, but there was really very little in terms of cause and effect. There was very little, this happened. Here's the consequence. You know, it, it was Star- all it was all sort of uh, one episode stories. There wasn't an overarching yes. theme to follow exactly. from episode to episode. It was like a one shot, and then mm-hmm. self contained is the word I was looking for. Exactly. I mean, and some and, and a lot of characters had their development over the seven years of Next Generation. Jordy, Worf, Data. You know, they all had their their development. They did a lot with Troy towards the end of the show, but Picard and Riker were always very stalwart they were though you know what you were going to get with these two guys um barclay they they gave him a bit of an arc that actually stretched out from next generation went through voyager and a little bit in deep space nine uh ensign Rowe, they gave her a a, a, mm-hmm. a story arc of sorts um with wesley crusher even they gave him a little bit of of an arc um but there was really nothing tying it all together you could and- tune in four weeks after the last time you saw an episode and pretty much be fine yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now in Picard, there is a progression. There is a consequence. Every episode leans on the one before it, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's no throwaway stuff. Everybody's kind of got a part of their, there's a thread to the tapestry. And, um, and I'm in the, it's funny in the back of my head, I'm, I'm like, how many Star Trek references am I making just by talking about it? It's like, I, I heard myself say adapt and there's a generation. I say tapestry and these are all Star Trek episode <laughs> references. I'm like, geez, I'm being sneaky about that. Moving on. Um, you know, and, and, you know, everybody broadcast, I mean, this is not a spoiler, but there is a Riker and Deanna Troy cameo. They, they are featured in one episode, right? And where Picard turns to them for a little bit of help. I mean, you see him in all the trailers, so this is not a surprise to yeah. anybody when I bring him up. Uh, it is such a sweet, amazing, and in-depth in episode. And you get a taste of the Rikers and how their life has unfolded since Star Trek Nemesis, the last of the Next Generation movies. And you also get to see a further development of Picard and and his the female lead that he's bouncing off of, this young lady who plays Soji. Um, 
so you're seeing all this mixed together, and it's, it was such an amazing episode. I can't wait for you to see that one, Billy. I can't wait. You have to tell me about it the moment you see, you know, Will and Deanna okay. in, on the screen. We'll do. Because I think you're going to really have a kick out of that one. Nice. I will definitely. But I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I really have. And as a matter of fact, a, a, an episode just aired last night. I have not had a chance to see it, but I'm going to make a point of it tonight. Now, you mentioned something a little bit earlier that I want to mm-hmm. go back to when you were talking okay. about Star Wars. Um, uh-huh. you, you talked about how a lot of people were disappointed in the sequels and the prequels and everything that wasn't the original trilogy. And right, right. I'm wondering, if us as a group, I think we're much more forgiving and enjoy those even more mm-hmm. than more than the general public did. The people that, who went and or slammed the, the sequels and prequels. And right. I wonder if it's because you, me, Tanya, people like us are still more in touch with our childhood than yeah. the people who revisited those movies, just remembering those, but don't venture, like they don't in general watch superhero movies or science fiction or fantasy in general, but remembered loving Star Wars. So they go back to those and then get mad when they're not what they want them to be. I, I think you're right. And I think the, like the three of us, because we've made, you know, this, this uh, effort through doing the podcast on a regular basis, every week we get together and we talk about things that are fun, things that are important to us, things that help us, you know, be creative and enjoy and express our imagination. So I think the three of us have, we're maybe a little bit more open-minded. I know there's some things I shut down and I know right. there's certain things that are just not my wheelhouse. Exactly. It doesn't like, mean we have to like just, everything, right. but I think we're more open. Right. Exactly. To- we are more open to it. And also, and I, and I will f- go back to that, you know, to that uh, statement that Giorgio made that opened my eyes. It really did. Once he crystallized that for me, I, I went back and over the ensuing weeks after that, we were on connections together. Um, I watched the original prequels you know, uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith. I watched them again and I tried to do what, what, what Tanya always says, you know, check your brain at the door and, you know, make the popcorn and enjoy it. I will admit Phantom Menace still grates me the wrong way. There is a lot of, I was able to appreciate the good moments, I think much more in depth. I was able to like the, the big, the big fight for Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and, and Darth Maul when they went after each other. I've always enjoyed that because it's just great choreography. Um, I've tried to be very open about that. Of course, Jar Jar, I still hate him, loathe him. That's yeah. a terrible character. And I feel bad for the gentleman who played it because I know he put his best effort into it. So I'm not blaming the actor. I'm blaming the setup and the writing. Uh, you know, So Phantom Venice, I'm still in the back of my head. I can't get past it. I still write it off. But I watched Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. uh, And with a new, we're trying to look at it from a new angle of he's right. They didn't evolve. I did. So let me rewind a little bit. Just take a moment and enjoy it for what it is. And I suddenly freaking loved Attack of the Clones. I just, something about that movie, I thought it was just, it's not my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but I loved it a lot more the second time I watched it when I had that new way of looking at it. Hmm. Nice. And every so often I get into a point and I keep thinking of that title of my favorite Led Zeppelin song, Ramble On. 
It's like all of a sudden it was quiet. Yeah. Is Chris (laughs) done yet? We don't know. (laughs) Does Chris even know if he's done yet? No. (laughs) Are you done yet? What's that, honey? Are you done yet? I think so. Are you sure? Probably. Okay. Speaking of Star Wars. There was some new news that came out about the Mandalorian. And I freaking love it. This is making me so freaking happy. Um, They have cast the character of Ahsoka Tano, who was featured in the animated series Clone Wars and the animated series Rebels. Right? So she's she's never been live action character. She's been in the animated series, which were such well done series. Both Clone Wars and and, uh, and Rebels were great series. Um, but uh, she's going to be her first time in a live action, and she'll be played by none other than Rosario Dawson, who I've had a crush on for decades. <laughs> Me too. I, I've loved Rosario Dawson forever. Oh, she and, is amazing. And the, the thing I'm curious about, and uh, Actually, the most recent episode of Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith's podcast, mm-hmm. it mentioned while talking about Star Wars that the Ahsoka story is one he loves and wants to see more of. This mm-hmm. was before they, obviously, before they announced Rosario Dawson playing her. And right. as someone, I've never seen Clone Wars or Rebels. So should I immediately go and watch these? I would recommend it. Um, as a matter of fact, after a couple years off, they've come around and they've started a, a seventh season for Clone Wars to wrap up that story. Uh, and they're going to be doing a little bit more about with the Ahsoka Tano character. Uh, let me give you a little premise. Are, are, are they getting. Disney shows or are they? They're, they're, they're both on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus, okay. All right. So Clone Wars takes place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So okay. between the second and the third movies. So I might rewatch those also just to. Mm-hmm. Because you're such a completist. Myself. Well, just to refresh yeah. myself. I haven't seen those in forever. Fair point. Um, and this newest season is supposed to help lead you into Revenge of the Sith a little bit better. Uh, basically what happened is Disney cut Clone Wars short after six seasons so that they could start working on rebels uh, and do a couple of other things. But then they've come back to it realizing, you know what? And afterthought, we really did kind of shift this story. Let's go ahead and finish it off properly. Um, You're going to center around Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, doing what Jedi do. They have a couple of of clones that they hang out with on a regular basis, Captain Rex, Commander Cody. Uh, But in this particular storyline, Anakin has a Padawan of his own, a, a student that he is teaching, and that's Ahsoka. So you're seeing her uh, her evolution from being a Padawan all the way up through Jedi Knight and the, and the trials and tribulations of what she goes through and 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 the, the issues that she has to deal with. Uh, and so she becomes a very fascinating character as she's, as she's basically trying to be her own person in the shadow of Anakin Skywalker. So, okay. And, uh, and then in rebels, she does pop up a couple of times throughout rebels. Uh, and then I think, no, I'm wrong. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that second, that last thought there, but then she's <laughs> going to pop up in Mandal in uh, Mandalorian. And Rosario Dawson is good casting. And your I I hands down have no problem with it whatsoever. I can't even find a flaw in that casting, because by the time Mandalorian comes out, it's after the fall of the Empire, right? So so Asaka has grown up. She's grown up. She's definitely a, 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 a an adult woman, 
as opposed to a young Padawan. So going with Rosario Dawson, who is capable, she's 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 shown her chops in action movies, right? Mm-hmm. She's been in the Marvel Universe with the uh, the Netflix Marvel Universe. In Sin City, yeah. she was great. Sin City, she was amazing, you know. And and she also has the fun side, you know, from Clerk. Remember Clerks too, Clerks when too, she was in Clerks too, right? And you know, and she has that fun kind of witty and and very subtle side, and that's that's Ahsoka. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. What else we got? Did we have anything else? We talked about Picard. We talked about... Uh, went off on a Star Wars we, tangent. We did. We went on a Star Trek tangent. We Star Wars tangent. We should probably just talk about Dr. Hoots and get the trifecta out of the way. No, uh, the I haven't Doctor watched thing this is season. Christmas, right? What's that? The next Tiny. Doctor Who thing is Christmas, right? Oh yes, it is. It is <laughs> the next the next Doctor Who thing. Are is they Christmas doing time. a Christmas special this year? Yes, they yes, are. They are okay. Did what did you think of this current season, which I haven't seen, but you can spoil for me if you want. If you want to talk about it, did you like Jodie Whittaker this season? I did. I've liked I, her. I liked her in her first season. I, I thought that the first season was not as strong as it could have been because of writing, not because of acting. Um, I thought the second season was much more improved. It had some really interesting storylines. I think the twist at the end kind of, it was properly mind blowing and kind of game changing as it should have been. Tanya, what were your thoughts? You had, you had something you wanted to say. Mm, I actually, no, I didn't. I mean, I, uh, I didn't have really have much to say. Um, I'm loving her is, um, the doctor, Right. And it's definitely the writing from the first season compared to the second season. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, she was trying to get into her character the first for the first season uh-huh. to kind of balance out where she was going to go with the doctor. And definitely the second season, she's more quote unquote seasoned. And do you, do you feel like she's established the character yet? Do you feel like she's really kind of become the doctor at this point? Uh, yeah, I I think when I when I was watching, I think it was the last within the last two episodes when she was starting to like question herself and not really understand where she was because um she wasn't necessarily talking to herself and I've got uh-huh. feedback. Do you? Yeah, I can hear myself in my headphones. But not as bad as before. Not um, as bad as- so I'm losing my train of thought every so often. Um, <laughs> but when she was like now starting to look up and she's like, oh, now I'm talking to myself. Okay, that's better. Okay. That's a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign. And I'm just like, okay, now she's like now back to channeling her inner doctor. Right. I I have been, I know that everybody before her that I have always been a fan of always seemed to kind of need about three quarters of a season to really kick into full speed. Um, and then usually by their second season, they're kind of much better, more solidly established. She's two seasons in now, and I feel like she's not all the way there yet. And again, I think that's part writing, but also I think it's a little bit of her because in my opinion, it really feels like she's trying to be David Tennant in a female form. That was the impression I got watching the first season of her. Yeah, she's it's it's like thirteen. Your ten is showing is what I want to keep saying every time. There's <laughs> when she gets really riled up, it's almost like watching David's facial reactions and and his mannerisms 
in a blonde in a, in a blonde woman, and that's just you know. And then and then she'll go off in another tangent. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, there she is. That's oh, and then she's back to being ten again. It's like ah, uh, you know. So it's that that's that's the vibe I have of of the character at the moment. I I I, I adore her. I I want her to succeed, but it's just like. Uh, you got to get there, babe. You got to get there. And I'm wondering, am I being too critical or is it really something that is, is in the writing at the moment? Do you think because she worked with David Tennant, some of it rubbed off on her? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and they're still friends. I mean, they, they were like really close friends even before they were on broad church together. And since, as a matter of fact, I remember the anecdote, David was one of the first people to find out she'd been cast mm-hmm. because Stephen Moffat, called him and said, okay, I want you to know that Chris Chibnall and I have made a decision and the next phone call you get is going to be from the doctor. And he's like, oh my God, okay. And and apparently David was the first person to be notified. And sure enough, Jody's Jody name Jody's name pops up on his uh his um caller ID and he started laughing and then picked up the phone. You know, and then started talking to her about it. So it's like, okay, there's this bond already. And admittedly being the doctor is a club. It's a very elite club that very few actors have had the opportunity to be a part of. Um, so they know each other. They deal with each other. They work together often, especially on the convention circuit. But these two were friends long before. So I, I definitely feel his influence on her. Now, what do you think of the companions she currently has? I'm assuming it's the same companion she had the, her first season? Yes, the the first three, uh, Ryan, Ryan Graham and Yaz. Um, let me first address... That people often say, you know, one of the big criticisms lately is too many companions, too many companions, too many companions. I can count at least five other times throughout Doctor Who history that he's had three, four companions at any given moment in time. You know, especially the third Doctor, when he was exiled to Earth, he had all of a unit to work with. And they were all over the place all the time. He was dealing with Sergeant Benton and and, and Corporal the, and, um, Yates and all the, and, you know, the Brigadier and Sarah Jane and Liz Shaw. He had this gallery of people around him at all times and then when when the fourth doctor first took off he had sarah and harry with him and and then at one point he had romana and then he had towards the end the fourth doctor had tegan and nissa and adric all at this and k9 all at the same time you know and and so chris when when they do that was the focus more on the companions or the doctor um well the storytelling has improved in New Who, in my opinion, where the, the the companions are not really throwaway filter characters. You know, their their job in the old days was to kind of get in trouble and scream a lot, and the Doctor would have to come in and save them. Um, so, yeah, I feel like in the past they really did have this merit, this this penchant for getting in trouble, and and then the Doctor would have to sweep in and and save them all. That kind of a thing where they've yeah the problem i have with the the multiple companions is they seem to lose focus of the on the doctor okay almost becomes like a a secondary character yeah more of a secondary character it's focus i mean there's a i think individually you know the companions are they they've done well with the companions it just just Mm -hmm. kind of for me it loses focus on that was that was sort of my point with uh the companions who i i enjoyed what i've seen of them but are there too many are they as strong as when billy piper was there or uh amy pond or uh Mm -hmm. martha or uh Just in Captain Jack, you know, there was yeah. a series of really strong companions Donna. when Donna loved Donna. When the show was first rebooted, they seemed to really 
work hard to do a good job with the companions along with the doctors. Right. And and I agree. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating for multiple companions all the time. You know, there there's it's a it's an ebb and a flow, ebb and a flow. And uh and I I see the point that it has kind of made the focus drift away from the doctor a little bit. Um, but I'm wondering if that's not just a tool to help preserve the show, because you you want to see the Doctor Who universe through your eyes. I mean, I've seen so much fan fiction. I've seen so many spinoff stories and, and novelizations and role-playing games and things like that, where people get the opportunity to see this vast and incredible universe that's been developed over the past nearly 60 years now at this point. And, and a lot you get invested when you can see things through your eyes and i've always had a feeling that the companions were kind of part of that equation um now have they overdone it we can go back and forth for hours on whether they've over, overdone it i know for a fact right now that tossin cole who plays ryan uh will be leaving the show after uh the christmas series or the christmas special and i believe um i can't remember the actor's name but he plays graham maybe uh, going to. So I'm not sure. There may be a, like one of those big tectonic shifts in the in the cast coming up. Uh, and so that might help kind of help Jody focus on her character because the focus is going to be more on her and maybe just one other person. But 13 seems to like having a group of people around her. She seems to respond to having that family nearby it's been important to her through a lot of especially the tail end of this current season so just because we see a couple of people getting ready to depart may not restore the old paradigm and that's just a thought of my yeah and this is all new so yeah it's all all evolving constantly evolving and i think that's the part of the show that people sometimes forget is that the shows the the reason that this all came together is the reason regeneration was invented, the reason that companions come and go is the show can constantly renew itself and evolve and go in different directions. If it's the same thing over and over and over and over again, it will not survive to 60th anniversary. It just won't. Right. You, you need to have that ability to see the, sh- the series and see the universe from different angles or you're going to lose out on it. Right. And it just feels like a lot of people haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> So, and there's my thought on that. And that's all I got to say about that. If you pardon the, the if you pardon the, the Forrest Gump reference. Maybe. Oh, speaking of which, oh, God, I love yeah. that. Tangent, tangent. Um, my favorite Whoa. meme. I didn't realize it was a meme until I said something about it the other day. But Tom Hanks in quarantine in Australia with his wife, Rita. So Hanks is stranded on an island with Wilson again. Yeah. I love that. That's hilarious to me. I wish them well. I'm glad they're feeling better, but damn, that was funny to me. Yeah, no, it's very funny. They're out of the hospital. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, Tanya. Yes. Shut up. You're talking too much. I know. Aren't I? Oh my God. Can't get a word in edgewise with you around. Yeah, no kidding. too busy rolling your eyes at us. (laughs) No, I was playing the game. What game were you playing? Uh, It was... Homescapes on my phone while I was listening to you uh, talk about all the different companions. Homescapes? What is that? It's like a matching game. Oh, I see. I see. It's what I play at the D and D table. Gotcha. Now so. I understand. Yes. Uh, well, that was fun. You want to take a quick break again, guys? Sure. Sure. 
Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, a couple of events that are still standing, and uh, we'll do our question of the week. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, so this is the usual part of the show where we talk about events. Uh, at the top of the show, we talked about the fact that our big event, FC3 2020, uh, because of the you know the global crisis going on right now that we have postponed from our original dates of May 30th and 31st to September 19th and 20th. We are in the same venue. Um, yes, we're still we are. Total, total Sports Experience in Gates, and that'll be on Elm Grove Road. Uh, so we're still in the same place, just in a different different time of calendar there. Um, and then as we know what the cast of characters are going to look like, we will share that with you. Now, uh, Finger Lakes Radio Group recently announced that the show that we're helping them produce, uh, FLXCon, uh, they postponed that as well. Dan, can you remind me what the, the dates of that were? It was in August, right? August, yeah, August 15th. August 15th is going to be the date for FLX, and that will be in Waterloo, uh, Waterloo, New York. Uh, and, I can, and I can confirm that Michael and Michael Kosky and Greg French will be there for that weekend. Oh, sweet. We're going to have the shenanigators after all. Yeah, That's awesome. So we will ha- be able to have them after all. They were available for that weekend. That's exciting. That's good stuff. I appreciate that. That's cool. Um, also, in May, we're still hanging on to Cosplay Day and the Cosplay Pajama Party. Is that correct? Yes, May 16th. So far, yes. Okay. Now, we're, obviously, that's going to be fluid. So as the situation unfolds, you know, if we have to postpone that, uh, then we will definitely share that with uh, the public and let them know ahead of time. Cool. All right. So it sounds we got to handle it. Now, do we have anything else going on right now? I mean, it's basically just everybody stay home and watch TV right. and read books and play video games and, and listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts, especially this one. Um, play it's, your oppor- it's your opportunity to catch up on all the nerdy things that you've been missing out on. Absolutely. And to, and to drop us a line to say, what are you guys doing during this time? Yeah, seriously. How are you celebrating the end of the world? <laughs> it's the end of the, the world, world as we, as we know, know so yeah just uh um what are you doing to um stay sane during this time i know we talked about it a, a little bit and, right uh, chris was going to work and then you went off on your doctor who tangent and I then, did, didn't I? <laughs> and then we never really came back to talk about what we were doing to stay sane so right. drop us a, drop us a line um on this podcast to say this is what you're doing um if you're playing a virtual game, um, virtual D and D, because you can't get together, you are doing it via Discord or whatever. Let uh-huh. us know what, what's happening. That Actually, type of if, thing. I can, if I can mention something I'm doing just to have Absolutely. myself put on different clothes every day, I'm restarting my T-shirt of the day posts on Facebook. Nice. You're on because I've done that in a while. Because I've I've uh, gotten a whole bunch of shirts since I did it the last time, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do. Like not just the nerd shirts. I'm whatever I feel like that day, and I'm writing. You know, because I'm really wordy when I write, even when I don't want to be. So mm-hmm. if you look at my Facebook page, I'm writing 
about whatever that's on the t-shirt or what the t-shirt means to me or who gave it to me or whatever remembrances if I have, have of it. And I'm on day two so far. Yesterday was an Adam Ezra group t-shirt. Today was a Jonathan Winters t-shirt. Nice. And, uh, With my the cat, cat slippers. Exactly. The cat slippers as seen on TV and a real cat. My uh, cat Silent Bob photobombed me. Oh, did he? <laughs> he was I taking that. the picture. It's, it's, it, there's cute pictures and me trying to be funny, but we know, all know how that works out sometimes. Yeah, no, pretty, pretty consistent. Eh, I try. And succeed. Don't sell yourself short. Eh. But I, I, I like writing, so it, it gives me a chance to write something to sort of not stay in, well, I am staying in my pajama pants all day, but uh, it gives me a chance <laughs> I heard to Susan. They heard this last Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I heard the giggle in the background. So uh, I, I, this way, I at least get to change and shower and do right. things that human beings do. And then spend an hour or so writing rather than, rather than, you know, reading other people's words for those time for that amount of time. There you go. So check out my Facebook page, Billy DeTory. Absolutely. Absolutely. There have been more than um, 2,200 views of that uh, video that um, Doreen did earlier today. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Her Fighting with the lady hoarding toilet paper? Yes. It's been 2,200 views so far. I'm telling Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. That's awesome. And of course, it it helped that uh, Deanna King uh, tweeted it out also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And tagged the uh, Florida TV stations. Yes, she did. Yep. Yes, she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she said that she was going to um, resell it, or according to the tweets that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And if she's going to resell it at a higher price, look at what happened to the guy who With bought sanitizer. a thousand uh, bottles oh, of hand oh sanitizer. God. Yeah, he got reamed. That he was going to price gouging, which is illegal, and Amazon shot him down, and he ended up having to need to donate them all. And he was praised to donate it, but that people forget that he was going to charge them like $8 or so a bottle mm-hmm. for the little ones. So Jesus. Yeah. People, people I'll tell you the best in humanity out there. Mm, yeah. But on a side note, let's get to our question of the week. Yeah. And you, you have that question of the week. Don't I do. you? I do have the question of the week. All right. Christopher. Yes, dear. What are your favorite musicals or music heavy productions and okay. what makes them stand out for you? Okay. Um, this is cool because I was not actually part of the selection for this question. So I've only just known about this question for about an hour. So this is kind of cool. So I'm, this is really, this is right off the top of my head. Uh, there's two that come to mind. And the first one I'm going to talk about is the musical Godspell. Uh, because I have a history with this particular musical. I did it when I was in high school. I did it twice in college. I've done it with community theater. And then I got to do it again uh, during an alumni weekend um, to over 10 years ago now, uh, with my high school. So I've, I've had an evolution with this and I've done various parts, uh, you know, cast, stage, direct, 
you know, and, and I even had a, the, the last time I did it, I, I had a solo, which I've never had before in a community theater show of any type, you know, high school, college or ever. So that was cool to, and, and, and I love the music. I love the message. I love the, the simplicity and there's a simplicity and a whimsy to the to story. So yes, it's religious, but it's not beating you over the head with it. And, and I just, I've always enjoyed that particular show and I've, I've always shared it with friends. Uh, I believe Dan, you you were part of the Godspell production behind the scenes, weren't you? When we did it in, in high school, behind the scenes, yeah, yeah. And and so you know, I, I have a lot of good memories of the people I've done that show with. So that's that's something that comes to mind. Um, Rent is also a show, a musical that is is very much on my mindset because I it feel it really crystallizes. A, a segment of our society that exists even to this day. I mean, it was written for late eighties, early nineties, you know, the, the HIV and drug culture and, and, you know, homelessness and all the stuff that was going on at the time and LGBTQ, uh, you know, um, issues and concerns. And it all, it, that musical brings it right up front. And, and my favorite piece from that is uh, La Vie Bohème, uh, which is a great piece of the whole cast and it does. And I think that's phenomenal. And that, that's something I always think about and I always enjoy listening to. Uh, and my last, uh, my last selection for this particular question would be the West Wing, the Aaron Sorkin um, uh, presentation of the presidency as he would see it. And it always felt to me that the music was almost an additional uh, supporting character. He always knew the right piece of music to play in the background during important pieces. And that was something my mother and I, who we were diehard fans of the show over the years, uh, we would always mention that the music was never just throwaway incidental background music. There were, these were carefully chosen pieces, carefully chosen pop songs, classical pieces, and it always fit perfectly. So those are, those are, when it comes to music, those are the three things I'm thinking about. Chris, it's funny. You mentioned the West wing is being music heavy because the, uh, it's Susan's maybe favorite show. Susan. Yeah. She's nodding. And I'm right up one, there with her. I, and I love it also. <laughs> and the music is another character is a composer that did the original music and all the orchestral pieces. A guy named Snuffy Walden. Yes. And, and his stuff, it really is an extra character in that TV show, the music, the way it's presented and, and the, it adds a dynamic to what's going on to it. So I, I exactly. think you're dead on with the music of the West Wing. Yeah. And, and, and I'll talk, I think we got to do a whole podcast on West Wing one of these days because I just love that show so much. I think Susan would be on a West Wing podcast. See, now there's yeah. an even bigger reason to, to finally do yeah. a West Wing podcast. Yeah. Then if we can get Susan on the mic, that'd be phenomenal. She's, pro she's probably watched the whole series four or five times now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just four or five times? Yeah. I got two words for Susan. Two cathedrals. Yep, exactly. She, can, she says they're her friends. There you go. How about you there, Tanya Fabulous? Um, the one, if we're looking at musicals, mm -hmm. it has to be Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Um, Phantom of the Opera is the one I saw in Toronto, um, back in, hmm, 1990, 1989, okay. something like that. Um, at the Pantages Theater, I, I just. The glorious restored Pantages Theater. I, I just <laughs> loved it. Um, and I've seen it twice in Rochester and it, 
then today when I was on Facebook, there um, Andrew Lloyd Webber was uh, playing um, All I Ask of You. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, of all songs, I, I thought it would be a different one, but I'm just like, I could just start singing the words. Let I, me be your shelter. Let uh, me be your light. I know. Yeah, I, you know, I know yeah. that piece. Um, and I ha- and I have the um CDs uh-huh. for for the um musical, and it's just something that I loved listening to. And I'm mm-hmm. now contemplating downloading it to my phone. Um, <laughs> but that but that's one that's like if I hear that it's coming back, I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm there. It doesn't matter how many times I see it, I am going back to see it again. You know what? I respect that. I respect that. Dan and Dan and I have a long history of uh, of Les Miserables too. We've we've seen that production a couple times together. I know he's seen it several times uh apart and I've seen it a couple of times. Um I remember seeing it where where was it? It's not the Winter Garden. That was Cats. But I remember seeing it on Broadway. Uh so That was my first professional show, Les Mis. Yeah. And I saw it with Debbie Gibson playing Eponine. Who is your favorite artist on the planet? So that's kind of cool. cool. Just coincidence, she just happened to be there that day. Yeah, I'm sure, sure it was a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Stalker. <laughs> it went with Brian and Steve. That was that. No, no, no. When it comes to Debbie Gibson, Dan is not a stalker. He's a dedicated fan. Stalker. He really is. Because I can tell you, here's the thing. You know when an artist is putting on a smile just for the, the picture. You, you do. You can tell when them like they're just going through the motions because the person paid for the autograph or whatever the case may be. But I've seen a couple of recent pictures where Dan and Debbie are in the picture together, right? And she is definitely, she goes, this, you, you can see that in her eyes. This guy's one of my fans. He's hung with me for my entire career. I love the fact that he's still with me. You I know, was hanging in a tour bus. Come on. You know, you're hanging in the tour bus. Come on. That's just too cool for words. So I, I I know I've picked on Dan for his Debbie Gibson love over the years, but but you know I I totally respect it. It's 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 a cool I've thing. I've been a very consistent and dedicated fan over the years. I, I also think that's cool, uh, Dan. Debbie Gibson is on Cameo. Have you thought about yeah. doing one of those Cameo oh, yeah. things with her, or I, have I you? Did it. I did. She's done one for me before Cameo. She's saying actually a song from Les Mis. Nice. Cool. She sang him on my own to re. Um, she sang more of it than she planned on. She said, but. That was a a fun, uh, yeah. That's fun. That's good stuff. (laughs) All right. So I I blabbed to the whole list of stuff. We talked a little bit about Dan's Lima's fascination. And I want to come back to Dan because I I want to see if there's anything else he's thinking about. Tanya is a big Phantom of the, the, I was about to say Phantom of the Menace, Phantom of the Opera (laughs) fan. And now Billy, how about you, my friend? I'm going to try and uh, give a long answer very quickly because I, I love movie musicals have been since, you know, Movies of the 30s and 40s and, you know, mm-hmm. up through the Elvis movies. And uh, two of my maybe top 10 movies of all time are Singing in the Rain. Oh, God, yes. And the the movie version of Tommy, the Who's Rock Opera. Okay. Right? So I love both of those. Now, on to the theater, which is what I think the original intention was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know the term jukebox musical, where they take sort of hit songs and mm-hmm. – uh, yes. Sort of repurposed Broadway play around the Carol King uh, oh, musical. Beautiful. beautiful is fantastic, yeah. and I saw it on Broadway with um, uh, Melissa Benoist and oh, wow. Carol okay. King. Uh, and that, that girl know can sing. Yes. yes, you may Super remember from Glee. Punched. 
Yeah, yep. she she was on the last season of Glee, mm-hmm. and uh, great singer, and she was fantastic as Carol King, and That's it awesome. was a it was a fantastic also vacation overall for me. So it also holds a special. Time, uh, place in my heart because I saw Springsteen on Broadway, which may count as a musical also. So I'll throw <laughs> that in there. Uh, if you want it to, it will count. Yeah. No, it's music some, heavy production, then yes, it counts. Then and it won a Tony. So Springsteen on Broadway, uh, beautiful with Melissa Benoist, and also uh, Susan. And I took a trip to New York. Back in like 2010, 2011, where mm-hmm. I saw a play. It's not necessarily a great play because, to be honest with you, I don't remember much about it. Spider Man Turn Off the Dark, huh. which remember the, Sp- the Spider Man Broadway musical that had some yep. major problems through like rehearsals and stuff. Actors were falling from the ceiling and breaking oh, right, legs right. and things. Mm-hmm. And I saw production of it. Susan sent me to that tickets box office where you get discount tickets. She said, get us tickets for something good. And when I got there, I go, she may kill me, but I'm going to get the Spider-Man tickets because I, <laughs> and the show was a lot of fun. We had fantastic seats over the course of the show. Spider-Man and Green Goblin and Doc Ock are flying over our heads. <laughs> and he's got the Sinister Six. No, no, yeah, no, no one fell. Uh, and the music was done by uh, Bono. Bono, Bono and, and The Edge. Edge. Yeah. So you, you combine Spider-Man and you 2 and I'm going to like, I don't care if it sucked. It was good. It was, go. liked it. You were gonna really, have it was it. 2011. Okay. Was well, the I, first performance okay? And I pro- we saw it in like a, a March, so I, I probably saw it in 2012. Yes, mm-hmm. probably. Um, and I really enjoyed it just because I was there, and it was a spectacle, and that was also a great trip. Um, that's probably the best way to describe that yeah. as a spectacle. Yeah. So that's cool. So, so I'm going Spider Man. Turn off the dark. That's the only time anyone will ever say it's one of their favorite musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Uh, hey, it ran for three years. Did it, it really? Did. It hung in wow. there. Yeah. yeah. It ran for three years. Um, uh, it once held the box office record for Broadway sales in one week, taking in 2.9 million over nine performances. That was probably oh, that wow. first week, though, when everybody was hoping someone would fall from the sky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Probably is. Just a bunch of uh, looky loose. Please let me be in the night. Please let Green Goblin fall on me. Oh, God. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Uh, now, do you have any other any other ones that come to mind? I've seen a lot of really good plays and good musicals, but another bad one, mm-hmm. but I, it sort of holds a, a fun little piece of my heart, is Starlight Express which I saw at the Auditorium Theater. I was still in high school. Oh, it's the Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, Andrew train Andrew Lloyd Webber train race, but everybody yeah. was on roller skates. Right. And it was just so odd that it, it, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was just really weird. But I've seen some really good shows too. You know, I've, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of really good shows. Um, I was a, a subscriber to the RBTL for a couple years. and Oh, cool. Over you know, that course of time, saw some really good shows and some some not as good shows, but uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with. I, there, there's one about a spelling bee. I don't even remember the name yeah, of it. The, the you know what I'm talking? Exactly. Yeah. I really, yeah, was, really enjoyed that. 
That was a, that was a lot better than I thought it would be when I saw it. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. No <laughs> one sticks out as being a lot of fun. I want to add uh, Mamma Mia and Grease to my list. Uh, oh, okay. Grease is great, sure. Grease is a classic. People talk about yep. Grease often. Mm-hmm. Now, how about you, Daniel Son? I mean, we we touched on um, Les Mis, but is there anything else that stands out for you? There's so many. I mean, I, I mean, I've I've been an RBTL subscriber for over 20 years. Okay. I've seen a lot of shows, you know, there and also Broadway and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it will depend on the mood, and I probably can't remember the names offhand. But I mean, obviously, Les Mis is one of my top. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I good finally job. saw that what was last year or the year before when it came yeah. to the auditorium theater, and mm-hmm. I didn't re- um, realize how risque it was. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, 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 yeah poor sweet innocent too. Tonya. Yeah, well, yeah. I I just but, but, wasn't expecting it. Oh, speak- the music! The, the music is so powerful. Yes. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. Speaking of being surprised by a show, la- I think it was last year. I saw Fiddler on the Roof for the first time. Oh wow! And really enjoyed it. To be honest with you, my sister and brother-in-law couldn't use their tickets. Susan and I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I went in knowing pretty much nothing about it except that it's a classic. That mm-hmm. uh, you know some of the songs. I didn't know it was so effing depressing. Oh yeah! Holy oh, cow! Yeah, I, I, I literally, I, I go. You got to be kidding me! This is how it ends. Uh huh. Yeah. Fiddler, it's fiddler on the roof. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> <laughs> they keep hearing you laugh. They like it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's my, I, that's I, my I, favorite I, part of the day so far today. <laughs> I, I really like the show, but. I I couldn't have seen that was like watching a, an episode of the Twilight Zone when that was <laughs> over. I go, you got to be kidding me! That was I couldn't have expected the ending of that. Ever. You're entering another dimension of sight and exactly. tradition. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> come on, that was good. It worked well. So it wouldn't be a podcast without something like that. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Except you're not there to hit him. And I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly so happy with the fact that she's not clobbering me across the back of the freaking shoulder. Let me send a text message to your daughter. Uh, No, because she knows better. <laughs> okay, I'll send the message to Ian. Oh, see? No, come on. Don't do that because he will. <laughs> and he's big. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he is a very large human being. So, so a couple other ones just stick out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Stomp. Mm, okay. Good show. I mean, yeah. no, no, no words, but you know, it's just, it's a great music. show. Mm-hmm. The, the beat. Actually, when, when uh, yeah. it was the first FC three, uh, Susan, and I took Ken Lashley to see stomp mm-hmm. after the Saturday. Oh, I remember show. that. Yeah. 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 It's, just, it's just, you know, it's just getting all the drums, get all the beats just going. And, and, you know, I'd say that's kind of why I like river dance too, just because it's, well, Dan, you are the Lord of the Dance. Um, no. <laughs> You've seen me dance, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> it's not pretty. You're you're better than I am. <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to be out of practice for my tap dance, considering classes are canceled. Well, there's nothing saying you can't practice at home. I have no wooden floors. You have a cement floor in the basement. That's close enough. It'll ruin my shoes. Get new ones. You'll be fine. Get a board, put it on the. I know that's what I need to definitely get. Yeah. Tape, 
tape nickels to your to your sneakers, so it makes oh, okay. noise. There you go. I think that's similar, isn't it? No, close. No, I'd say it's close. It's got to be close. Mm. So I is think, that a? Uh, I think we derailed. Yeah, I think that's a show. All right. So let me see if I can do this now. I'm, I'm used to like. I see. I've gotten so good at doing this from memory because I'm able to look at Tanya and it's taunting her because it took her a while to get used to it. Um, so it's just, it's and this has a- been another episode of monkey business. You got to give Dan a chance to be able to put the music in <laughs> the music. Is, the, the music is going to start right about now. And then you say, this has been FC 3s monkey business, a product of the mighty monkey corporation purveyors and producers of the flower city comic-con coming at you now, new and improved September 19th and 20th of 2020 at the total sports experience in Gates, New York. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go. And Tanya, what are we going to do? We'll lead you to where the entertainment is. Yay. I love it when we can get that right. So with that being said, everybody be safe. Take care of yourselves, take care of your own, and have a great week, and we will see you again very, very soon. And we'd love you all. We do. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>